This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And that's how the Lord Jesus Christ was hid in the field by God the Father. Just like a water in the desert is hid under the ground where it takes a well and it takes faith to drop a bucket down a dark hole that you can't see to get that water that cannot be seen. And when the bucket is dropped into that dark hole of the well because the person has faith that he won't be disappointed that when he pulls the bucket up, it's not gonna be empty. It'll have water in it, even though the water is hidden in the earth. And that's what God said would happen to Israel in Isaiah 12.2, Isaiah 12.2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. And even today, the Lord Jesus is hidden, as it says in 2 Corinthians 3.14. 2 Corinthians 3.14. Their minds were blinded. For until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. When the heart turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. But the blindness, the blindness is not on all. The Lord Jesus Christ is not hidden to all. There is this man who found the treasure. Because when a person does turn to the Lord, the blindness is taken away. And the blindness today is not a complete blindness on Israel because it says in Romans eleven twenty five, Romans eleven twenty five, I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceit, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. The blindness today is only in part, not a total one. And what God the Father did was to hide the Lord Jesus Christ as a treasure in the field of a poor hometown, an unknown family within a religion of Christianity. 
But while God the Father was hiding the Lord Jesus from the proud and arrogant, the Father was also busy revealing the Lord Jesus to the humble, as it says in, as it says in Luke 10, 21. Luke 10, 21, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto babes, for so it seemed good in thy sight. So the Lord Jesus Christ is hidden in the field. He's like a secret. Who the Lord Jesus Christ is is a secret. And God tells that the secret is to those, will be revealed to those who fear God, who fear God in Psalm 25, 14. Psalm 25, 14. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. This is what happened to Peter. Peter had this experience when he realized, oh my, he's God. And he said in Matthew 16, 15, Matthew 16, 15, he saith unto him, Jesus, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God, God the son. And Jesus answered and said unto them, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my father which is in heaven. So what the Lord Jesus said to Peter at that time was, Peter, congratulations, you found the treasure hid in the field. Congratulations, Peter, you are the child that found the Afikoman. Now, when God reveals this secret to the humble, there's such a dramatic change that happens to a person that all of a sudden he's reading the Bible and in the past, he, what he was reading, he feels like he, was, he couldn't hear, couldn't hear anything's being spoken to him. He was like a deaf person that could not hear the words of the book. And the change is so dramatic that when he finds the treasure hid in the field, that he, he feels as though in the past he was like in darkness and couldn't see, was blind in a person living in darkness. But then he gets sight and he wants to sing, oh, happy day. And all of this is expressed in Isaiah 29, 18. Isaiah 29, 18, where it says, and in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. The meek also shall increase their joy in the Lord and the poor among them shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. And all they wanna do is sing, oh, happy day when Jesus washed my sins away. But this hearing of the words of the Bible, this seeing of Jesus Christ as God and as the Lamb of God, it's hid from the sophisticated person, like the sophisticated person who wrote me a letter this last week, which says, Dear Mr. Cantor, I received your book entitled Changed, and it left me with a few questions. Naturally, matters of creation and the hereafter are matters of faith and subject to everyone's best guess. However, your mention of the scriptures brings to mind a quote from Pope Leo X, 1513 to 1521, which is, it has served us well, this myth of Christ. You might do well to revere Pope Leo X as a contribution to the church. Could be a university lecturer there. You know? <laughs> exactly a sophisticated person that God the Father hides from him the treasure in the field of who the Lord Jesus Christ is. But he says, in contrast, that he reveals it to babes. He reveals it to babes. And he reveals it to babes because they are the ones who find the treasure in the field. And that's why the Lord Jesus said in Mark 10, 15, Mark 10, 15, verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child 
he shall not enter therein. Only a person who's like a little child will find the treasure in the field. And that's why the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 18.3, Matthew 18.3, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Only people who are like little children, they're the only ones who find the hidden treasure in the field. And then they find that, that treasure there that God says, okay, now you found the treasure, you as a group, you as a church, you found the treasure, now look at yourselves. Look at yourselves in 1 Corinthians 1.26. 1 Corinthians 1.26. You see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world. That's what God says about us. To confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty and base things of the world, things that are despised, that's how God has chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory or brag or boast in his presence. And when Peter looks at newborn, those who have just been born again, he calls them newborn babes in 1 Peter 2.2, 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. You may grow thereby. Okay, now, there's one word in verse 44 that tells us that tells us something very interesting about this man, and it is, it says there in verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hidden a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof. He found it, that's the word, found. That man found that treasure because that man was looking for that treasure. He's a treasure hunter. He's not in the field to relax. He's not looking for a nice shady tree with a nice breeze so he can sit down there and have a nice afternoon snooze. He's a hard-working treasure hunter. And this is what the person looks like who finds God. No one finds God like going to a movie theater. You know, you go to a movie theater, you go buy the popcorn, you buy the drink, you sit in the very comfortable chair with the cup holder, and you enjoy the movie. No one settles into an easy chair in life and sits back and waits for God to come to him. The way a person finds God is Luke 13, 24, Luke 13, 24. Strive to enter in at the straight gate, for many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and not be able. 1 Corinthians 9, 24, 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Know you not that they which run in a race, run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. Not walk, stroll, but run. And so when we look at this scene here that the Lord Jesus has painted for us, we see that, that um, again, that the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hidden in a field, which when a man hath found, it's singling out a single person. Now what we see is a man, just one man in this picture. There's no one else with this man. And we're struck by the fact, he's alone, he's all alone. He didn't go out there, he didn't invite anyone else to go searching for that treasure. We conclude that he doesn't want anybody else with him looking for the treasure. And I mean, another person may not have the same motivation as he does, may drag him down and try to find the Another person might complain, you know, the day is it's too hot, it's too much time spent searching for the treasure, let's give up, it's too much. Another person might just want to find that tree and say, oh, let's have an afternoon snooze. Oh no, this person would own would only go alone. He would not be bogged down by another treasure, uh, by another person with him. He wants to be alone. And also, when he finds the treasure in this parable, he doesn't tell anybody. He's keeping it a secret. 
As a matter of fact, when the man finds the treasure in the field, he probably looks this way and that way and makes sure that no one saw the treasure and then he hides the treasure in the field and he, and he goes to the owner and buys the field. Now, there's no way that he's gonna tell the owner of the field, you know there's a valuable treasure in that field I wanna buy, so how much do you want for it? Because he hid it so that no one can know. And you might ask, well, why did he bother to buy the field? Why didn't he just take the treasure? Why didn't he just take the secret treasure and march off? That's simple, because the reason he didn't just take the treasure away is because he might be challenged as to, where did you get that? Where'd you get that treasure? Oh, you took it out of that other man's field? Well, that other man has the right to claim that treasure. It's not yours. So rather than this man taking the risk of losing the treasure later, this man wants to legally own the treasure. That's all important to him. So he wanted to never now or in the future ever be a challenge that he could lose the treasure. And now we understand why this person's alone too because he searched because we can understand that he doesn't want anyone else with him because he's afraid that whoever he has with him would claim part of the treasure. He'd say, hey, I was with you, right, Scott? I was with you, I own half of that treasure. So the man's alone. He's alone and he wants to be alone. This is his personal search for treasure. When he finds it, he doesn't want to split it with anyone. And the fact that the scene is this man alone is very significant because this is the way that a man, a person, finds the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how Jacob found Jehovah Jesus in Genesis 32, 24. Genesis 32, 24, where it says, Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man until the breaking of the day. So it was on this night, this very dark night, this terrible night, the worst night in Jacob's life, the night before he was to meet his brother who had promised to kill him, and Jacob was left all alone seeking God like that treasure hunter looking for that treasure alone in the field. And it was when Jacob was alone that Jacob wrestled this man. Jacob's thigh was put out of joint. In the end, Jacob found that hidden treasure. He found the hidden treasure of Jehovah Jesus, and he was blessed when it says in in Genesis 32.30, Genesis 32.30, Jacob called the name of that place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved or saved. As he passed from Peniel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. So Jacob limped, because the man had put his thigh out of joint. He limped, but Jacob loved that limp, and he wore that limp like a badge a badge that showed that Jacob found the hidden treasure in the field, the treasure of Jehovah Jesus. And then in the picture of the Lord Jesus painted for us, of the, this man who finds it, he finds it in another man's field. He doesn't own the property that he's searching in because he finds it. He goes to buy the field, as it says in verse 44, that for joy he goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. He has to buy the field because he doesn't own the field. And that's interesting because it shows that this man is willing to go on other people's properties to search for the hidden treasure. He's so craving this hidden treasure that he's willing to risk being caught as a trespasser and he hunts for treasure on other people's property. The Lord Jesus is the Jewish Messiah and Gentiles when the Gentiles hunt for God, they go on the property of the Jews to find him, just like the treasure hunter, just like that Gentile Syrophoenician woman who came onto Jewish turf 
to find the Messiah in Matthew 15, 21. Matthew 15, 21. Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me. She's a Gentile. Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. It's not her people, but she's calling him the son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I'm not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It's not me to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. In other words, he's calling her a trespasser. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. That Gentile woman was just like the treasure hunter in verse four. She went on to her property, not her own, Jewish property, to find hidden treasure, and she found him when she found Jesus. And there's another interesting point about this, and that is another interesting point about the man finding the hidden treasure in another person's property. Why didn't the owner find the treasure on his own property? Why did it take another person who did not own that property to find the hidden treasure on that other man's property? It would have been so much easier for the owner of that property to find the hidden treasure on his own property. And the answer was, the answer is, obviously, he just wasn't interested. He wasn't interested in finding that hidden treasure. He didn't realize there was a treasure there. And the tragedy was is that the treasure remained hidden on the owner's own property. Jesus Christ is the Jewish Messiah. He's the treasure hidden in the field that's owned by the Jewish people. But it took Gentiles who didn't own the Jewish field to find Jesus as the hidden treasure. And since the Jews own the Jewish field in which Jesus came to as an earth, as earth, he came to earth as a Jew, he came to earth as a Jew, why didn't they find him as the hidden treasure in their own field? Because, the reason is because John 1.11, John 1.11, he came unto his own and his own received him not. He came and said, I'm the hidden treasure in your field. And he said, no, thank you. They said, no. Luke 13, 34, Luke 13, 34, the treasure cries out, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophet and stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings? And ye would not. So the hidden treasure is crying out to them, find me, find me. And they said, no. Bethlehem is just a few miles. It's only a few miles from Jerusalem. Bethlehem is so close to Jerusalem. But it took wise men who came hundreds of miles to find the hidden treasure of Jesus in Bethlehem. Now, in the parable, when the man finds the hidden treasure, there's just this flurry of action. It says in verse 44, when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth, and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth the field. As soon as the man finds his treasure, we're just swept along with all this hideth, goeth, selleth, buyeth. I mean, it's a lot of action in a short amount of time. The man is so sure of what he wants that as soon as he finds it, he's out there digging a hole, he's hiding the treasure. It was hidden before, but he's gonna make sure it's even more hidden now He goes until he's bought the field. And then he's rushing off the field. He hardly has a chance to catch his breath. And just imagine this man, he's gathering up everything he owns, all of his possessions, and he's selling it. Imagine how much work that is. He's got to get all his possessions together. He's got to find a buyer. He's got to convince the buyer to buy everything he has. 
He's got to avoid suspicion as to why are you selling everything you have? You know, he's got to avoid the, hey, what's up with Ralph, you know? How come Ralph is selling everything he has, huh? I don't know. He's been searching for treasures. You think it has something to do with, with his treasure hunting? Where was he last seen treasure hunting anyway? Huh? He's worried about these people having these kind of suspicions about what he's up to. He's under a lot of pressure. Get it done. Get it done fast. And then comes the word buyeth. He's got to rush off with the money he's got from selling. He's got to find the owner. He's got to act not too anxious, he's got to say, yeah, hey, I was just uh, kind of thinking about your field over there, and uh, I don't know, you got to clear the weeds out of it all the time. Uh, so I'll take it off your hands. Well, you want to sell it? And all this has to be done in a way to not arouse suspicion from the owner, like, why are you so interested in my field? You know something about that field that I don't know? And, you know, the guy say, who, me? No, not, not me. It's a nice field. And I'll clear the weeds off it. Just thought I'd take it off your hands. So there's a huge amount of commitment, and the man finds the treasure. There's just nothing held back. It says he, in verse 44, he sells all that he has. It's a picture there of a person who finds the Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't procrastinate. He doesn't delay to take Jesus as his God and Savior. Wait a minute. Let me first, in, from Luke 9.57, Luke 9.57, it came to pass that as they went on the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, son of man hath not where to lay his head. He said unto another, Follow me. He said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead. Go thou preach the kingdom of God. Another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell where trip my home, my house. Jesus said, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom. You know, those who come to the Lord are like this man who sells everything he has in the field. And the Lord says in Matthew 16, 24, Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, follow me. Whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. Whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So the man, in verse 44, he didn't keep back anything of his possessions. He didn't sell part of it. He sold everything. Why did he sell everything to get that hidden treasure? Because when he compared the value of all of his possessions to the value of that hidden treasure, the man said, this is a no-brainer. The hidden treasure is of more value than everything I have. I'd rather have that hidden treasure than everything I have. Why does a person sell out totally to the Lord Jesus Christ, even willing to deny his own self and what he wants to do in life in order to get the hidden treasure of the Lord Jesus himself? Because when he compares the value of everything he has, even his own desires, and compares that with the Lord Jesus himself, he says, this is a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. The hidden treasure of the Lord Jesus is of more value than everything I have, even doing my own will. I'd rather have the hidden treasure of the Lord Jesus than everything I have. Just like the song, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world can ever afford. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this painting that you have made for us, Lord. And we pray that what we see in your parable would stay with us in Jesus' name, amen. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.